Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Jake Barnes. Jake started as a firefighter in the United States Air Force and remained there for six years before moving on to the Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky Fire Department, where he worked for nine. He is currently a Battalion Chief of Training for New Albany Fire Department in Indiana. Jake is also the creator of Three Point Firefighter, where I personally began listening to him a year and a half ago. The message he spreads there is to give a damn about the job, Love the job that so many firefighters who are in this profession must have to be successful. With that, Jake, floor is yours. Brother, how are you? Great to see you again. A uh, little tidbit here. Uh-huh. So this this next Monday is part two of Jared Vermeulen uh, on my podcast. And then the next two weeks are Danny. It's Danny's oh. two weeks. So <laughs> I want everybody to listen because it, it was a great podcast. And I, I'm so excited to talk to you again, brother. You made a big impact on me. Awesome. No, you too. You so too. Uh, so pretty much, pretty much, uh, let the world know or let the listeners know how you got into the fire service. Totally by accident. I kind of like telling this story because I fell bass backwards in the fire service. Uh, I was, I had been working till I was like 21, 22, doing you know pet stores, food stuff, you know anything, but I didn't have a direction. Uh, I decided I wanted to join the military. I was like, you know what? I need some military in my life. I need to get organized. I need to have a goal. So um, I went to the Coast Guard first. And the Coast Guard, the second I got there, they showed uh, a video of a bunch of orange vests floating in the North Atlantic with, you know, 30-foot waves crashing. It said U.S. Coast Guard. And I said, no, that's not for me. (laughs) So then I went, my whole family had been in the Air Force. And I love the, you know, what it did for them. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go in the Air Force. So I went in the Air Force and they gave me a choice of four jobs. They said, if we'll give us four jobs that you will join and then, you know, sign the contract. And if you get one of those four, you'll be it. So I said, boom, my whole family's done Russian linguist. So I put down Russian linguist. Okay. Uh, I didn't get that. Uh, the second one was uh, radio repair for uh, NASA in Houston. I'm like, that's cool. I put that down. Didn't get that. Third one was, I want to say weatherman. And the reason I wanted to be a weatherman is because you had to have top secret clearance and you had to like brief pilots. And I said, dude, that's it. Boom. Mm-hmm. Couldn't figure out the last one. And so the two recruiters were kind of hurrying me up. Right. So I'm flipping through this great big book. I took my ASVAB and it said, you know, these are the class or the, the jobs you could get. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to go to White Castle across the street. That's all they wanted. So they're like, come on, pick something up. So to date myself, this, this was the year, this was the time that the movie Backdraft was out. And okay. I'd just seen it. And I was like, man, it's a cool movie. So the last page of the book was Fire Protection Specialist. specialist. And I'm like, yeah, Backdraft's out. I'm not going to get it. I'm going to get one of these other three. And of course, two weeks later, they said I was going to be a firefighter. And joined the military, loved the military, uh, loved being a firefighter. I didn't care about it at all until like when I went to uh, tech school in in uh, Chanute, Illinois, they, uh, I didn't care. I was like, I just want to be in the military. I don't care what job they give me. I want this. I want to do, you know, be in the military. And sure enough, um, I was starting to get into it a little bit. And then we mm-hmm. had our first live burn and that was it. When we had our first live burn, they said, whoever gets the highest score on the driver operator test, that test, we just took whatever it was gets to go into the fire by themselves at the end of the day and get closer to the fire with just instructors. I didn't care. I was like, whatever, you know, so I just took the test and I got, I guess I scored good because they said, Barnes, come on. So they took me in there and this was just a big concrete room, huge concrete room. uh, And they said, get closer, get closer. And I was just, I was just amazed. And then the fire started going over. My helmet started to melt and distort. It got so hot. And, uh, that's it. That, that was it. I was like, you know what? This is the okay. only job left for me. And ever since then, I went to, I was in the military, went to Lexington for eight years. Uh, Lexington fire department is an amazing department, amazing firefighters, amazing everything. Uh, I got the opportunity to move up to Indiana, been at new Albany for 19 years. Fantastic department, great firefighters. Uh, so yeah, I've been blessed brother. I've been blessed. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so 
what's the with you being the 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 rank you are like how do you guys keep the culture within your department like you know regarding pride training camaraderie like how do you keep that positivity going well uh, if i had to be honest we don't um we are in a, a big state of flux right now we've had uh some difficult culture uh issues we've had i mean it's just you know the, the ebb and flow with the fire service uh mm -hmm. i feel like uh you know we we kind of our department sort of got divided and I just, it was, it was, it was pretty bad for a while. And I think honestly, probably still is a little bit, but I know that the chief uh, and his staff were all moving in a new direction, like a really good direction. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting to see little, little things going. Um, but the, the tool that we're using to improve our morale and to improve our department is uh, communication. We're okay. really hitting an emphasis on communication because uh, there's there's no culture without communication. Right. Uh, there's bad culture with no communication, but there's good culture with better communication. So that's the direction we're working in now. And honestly, as far as the rank goes, I would have to say it's it's not so much at my level. I'm the training officer. Uh, I think a lot of the culture, in my opinion, starts with the captains, you know, or okay. lieutenants, the the company officers. Right. I really think they set the tone. If they if they say, hey, uh, the staff is an idiot, that training officer Barnes is an idiot, and they tell that to their crew, they're creating that negative culture. Right. If they like what's going on and say, hey, the staff is awesome, that idiot Barnes is kind of cool, they're creating a positive culture. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes, but in my opinion, you have two choices as a company officer, either support the mission or support the mission through actions and words or support the mission through actions. You know, if you don't like the chief, you don't like the training officer, right? Don't tell your crew that. Try right. to work on it with them. You know, right? But culture is a complicated thing. It's a, it's a spider web, man. And and you ask a hundred different firefighters about culture to define culture, you'll get a hundred different answers. Mm -hmm. Oh so, yeah, it's something we're working on. It's very exciting. Uh, a lot of great changes. I'm very very happy about it. Okay, okay. I do like how you mentioned communication. To me, the, that that's one of the one of the biggest things that can make or break a department. If the chief has a way he wants to do things, hopefully his, his, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, I don't want to say like subordinates, but hopefully his command staff can yeah. relay that down to the troops. And it's one message. This is from the guy. This is what he wants. And yeah. So yeah. communication definitely is a, is a big one for me. And if you're a company officer, Company, we all know firefighters are going to bitch about something. Yep. But to me, if you're a company officer, you probably need to bitch to another company officer. Find a friend that's, you know, one of your buddies you could talk to. You definitely don't want to hear the troops hear you complaining because, as you said, you know, it trickles down where they're like, okay, well, if the captain thinks this guy's an idiot, well, yeah, he's an idiot. So, yep. Oh, yeah. I've done it. I've been that guy. Oh, yeah, we've all done it. Yeah. Yes. But, yeah. I, you know, it's that whole... uh Band of Brothers thing. I, I no, I take that back. It's it's uh, Saving Private Ryan when they're trekking through at the very beginning of the movie, and they and uh, Tom Hanks' character says, "You know, you you don't you don't bitch down, you bitch up, you right. complain up, you know." And that, I think that is good leadership. It, it, it's not that you can't complain; you just complain at your level or above. There's right. just nothing to be done if if someone sees you as their leader and you are their leader, mm -hmm. and you're complaining about the department or the staff or another company, another crew, you're actually showing weakness and they pick up on that. And then they become weak because they start talking and thinking that way. You set mm -hmm. the tone. I mean, what if you're a parent and you look at your kids and go, ah, there's no point in this. You know, you're going right. to die. You're going to be worm food <laughs> one day. Right. Doesn't right. Matter if you're to school, you know, you're, you are all going to die. Right. <laughs> you know, you'd be like, ah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's true. That's true. Okay. <laughs> Um, so what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and loving the job? You know, that is, I, I, that's something I've been thinking about. That is a tough question. Um, I always say on my podcast that I feel bad for, um, for astronauts and fighter pilots because they don't get to be firefighters. Right. Uh, it's the greatest job in the world, um, with the greatest people in the world and it affords you so much opportunity. Uh, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, it's, 
So it's a little, it's the little things for me. So in my department where, where, where my office is, I'm not in headquarters. I'm out where the training tower is at Quint two, shout out to Quint two. Um, there are times I have to walk across the bay from my office to get to where the laundry's at, where I do my laundry after I work out and stuff. And there's a lot of times it just happened a couple of days ago as I'm walking, I just stop and I look in the bay and I'm like, I see this beautiful 105 foot, you know, Quint Pierce. Mm -hmm. Um, and I see this bay that's kind of dirty. There's that smell of the firehouse. Uh, there's gear hanging on the side of the trucks. Uh, I see our logos. And I just, it's it takes me back to the very first time uh, I, I left the academy and went straight to my first fire department. I was just, it's just, it's so much, it's just awesome. It's just awesome. And if you're not having that feeling every now and then, maybe when you put on your uniform, right? you, know, right. you look in the mirror real quick and you do a real quick check, you're like, I get to wear I'm all T's on my chest. Right. Uh, it's just, it's the best job. And if you don't love it anymore, fall in love with it again. If you never loved it, Wendy's hires every single day. <laughs> we don't need you. If you're not a true brother or sister, we don't need you. You know what we need? We need brothers and sisters. We don't need egos. We don't need look at me guys. We mm -hmm. don't, need, we don't need that. We need right. people that are going to, they come to work and they're like, how can I serve my community? How right. can I do it? That's it. I love it. Love it. Right. Nice. Now, I, I got to give a shout out to my, if you notice my shirt I'm wearing, that is a gift shirt from Pearland, Texas, uh, Chief Taylor and Chief Jacob Johnson down in there. I was just ah. down in there. Um, absolutely one of the best. Speaking of culture, uh -huh. speaking of passion, uh -huh. holy cow. I, I can't I, read their articles, uh, uh, Chief Taylor and Chief Johnson's articles. Uh, and and look into their department. It's amazing. You talk well, about culture. It's amazing. I don't. There's something going on down in Texas because with yeah. Chief Johnson's department, uh, Scott Thompson with the Colony, the Colony, uh, Kyle Romagus with uh, East County, I believe it is East Montgomery County or East Mont. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, and then you Devin think, Craig from Trainer Craig, Die, Mo yeah. Davis. Yeah, uh, my my buddy Eddie Steele from Weatherford, Texas. Mm -hmm. The list goes on. You're exactly right. You hit the nail on the head, brother. There's something in the water down in Texas that is producing some seriously passionate brothers and sisters. Yes, crazy. Yes, crazy. I'm I'm pretty sure. I think they just created something called the 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 Dagum Conference. Dagum, yeah, kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They sure did. So uh, yeah, yeah, and then um. Let's see. They uh, uh up. They got the uh, Frontier Fools up there. Okay. Uh, of course. I mean, Dallas, Fort Worth. I mean, it's that's where I got my start. When uh, my first post, my first base was Wichita Falls, Texas. And uh, now everybody in Texas have told me that's not really Texas because it's up near Oklahoma. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, great things going on in Texas, man. That's that's a good shout out to Texas, man. Yeah. Great. Yeah, they 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 definitely got it going on. They got some uh, some some people out there that are coming out, and you're like, wow, yeah, yep. they know what they're talking about over there. Absolutely, brother. Uh, so uh, what are your ultimate goals if you haven't already achieved them For, already? You know, I've ex I, I honestly I've exceeded all my goals. I've I had one goal that I didn't achieve, and that was being a captain. I've okay. acted up in captain for a long time. I've acted up in that, but. Once I became training officer at the time, it moved me up to battalion chief. Mm -hmm. So I don't consider myself a battalion chief. I, that's why I always, always say I'm a training officer. I don't say I'm chief, chief bars, because uh, at the time, uh, was it 10, 11 years ago, we didn't have a promotional process okay. and there was hardly anybody that wanted my job. So I got the job. It came with rank. Uh, but even like my, t my, my uh, polo shirt says, instead of chief Barnes, it says uh, training officer. So I don't want to, there's so many great firemen out there that came up through the ranks. I feel like it'd be kind of diss them a little bit. I, does that make sense? I, right, I don't right. know. Well, I mean, I like your, you have humility because, you know, a lot of people, I can see a lot of, and there are a lot of firemen out there like that, or I don't want to say a lot, but they, there are some out there like that mm -hmm. where they go for a position that goes, Hey, by the way, this comes with some, some bugles. Oh, does it now? Yeah, like, wow. I am the ship. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. I like, uh, so I've achieved, you know, I've, I've knocked it out of the park for my own personal goals. Um, so I never wanted to be a training officer either. Uh, and that's the best job I've ever had. Um, I, Got I I my side hustle is as an instructor for the International Society of Fire Service Instructors, the ISFSI. Mm -hmm. 
that has I probably if I had high goal higher goals in the fire service, I surpassed them by becoming a member of the ISFSI, and then I blew past those becoming an instructor. I've got to travel all over the country, meet brothers and sisters. Uh, it kind of reignites my passion. So uh, the podcast, my podcast uh, was, it's a hobby. It was a hobby for me. You know, mm -hmm. I wanted, uh, I wanted to talk to brothers and sisters that, that shared my passion and it has exceeded everything. It has exceeded every goal that I've set for myself uh, is exceeded that I've met wonderful people. My brother, Danny here. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I don't set goals anymore. Okay. You know, uh, uh, becoming a firefighter to me, uh, that was it. Right. I became a firefighter and I I don't, I, you know, I'd like to win the lottery, but. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. 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 But at the same time, I don't want to be in that high tax bracket. Yeah. I'd like 400 <laughs> million, but the tax bracket will get you. Then you're down to like 200 million. It's yeah. Just, you get, you get the lump sum. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. It's not for me. It's right. Not for me, right. Right. Um, so for those that don't know, tell us a little bit about New Albany, the, 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 the size of the department and, you know, the area that you guys cover. So I always like to tell people, if you walk south in Indiana and, and you, your feet get wet because it hit the Ohio River, that's New Albany. Okay. So we're at the very south, southern end of, New, uh, of uh, Indiana, right across the river from Louisville, Kentucky. No, it's not Louisville. It's not Louisville. It's Louisville. It's almost Ooh. one syllable, really. Louisville, yes. Okay. Uh, and that comes from, uh, that pronunciation comes from just hundreds of years of selective inbreeding. Uh, uh, so <laughs> that's what we do. Uh, yeah, we're right across from Louisville. We have five stations. We just literally opened up a brand new state. We There's one station that we replaced, basically. Okay. Um, we, have, we have three engines, a quint, and a truck. Honestly, what we have is three engines and two quints. So okay. But they just have different roles. They're both uh, quints. One is called truck one, and it's it's basically does truck stuff. Quint two, uh, these guys I think have it a lot harder because they do the truck stuff, but then okay. they got to turn around and do engine stuff in their gotcha. area. So Quint two, uh, I think, uh, is is a, a fantastic truck. Another shout out to Quint two. Those are my boys. Plus mm -hmm. that aggravates truck one's crew, which is really all I'm looking <laughs> for. Just getting truck one. Come on, guys, lighten up. Um, so we have that. We're 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 local 410, proud union member, local 410, um, career fire department. We have about 82 guys. Um, there's a ton of us retiring, and I mean like a lot of us in the next five or six years. So it's gonna okay. be a brand new department. So it's exciting seeing these new guys come in. Um, what else? We don't do EMS. I mean, we do first really stuff. Yeah, we have we don't have ambulances. We we respond, oh, okay. we, we okay. respond to EMS, but we used to have ambulances and we got rid of those. Um, and so that's privatized now. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's about us in a, nut a nutshell, good Southern people, uh, and just close enough to that sweet ass state of Kentucky. Cause that's where I'm from. Come on, Kentucky. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, wow. I was like, man, if, if, if the right people here, wait, a fire department that just does fire calls, like that's rare. It's like a uniform. Uh, yeah. No, no, we do. We do EMS a ton of it, but I, you know, we used to have two ambulances, which wasn't enough, but, uh, it got taken out of our contract and then the city uh, quit staffing them. And at the time, years ago, years and years ago, it seemed like a good move. But I feel like if that same vote was to happen today, it would be totally different. Okay. Nobody okay. does EMS like firefighters. Sorry. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how did how did you or what made you start Three Point Firefighter? It was a couple of things. So the the idea of the podcast came from uh, my very first guest was Jared Sergi. Yes. Uh, yes. So he wrote a book. And every summer I take a, a, a different book, uh, usually on fireship leadership, uh, fireman leadership. And this one particular summer, uh, several summers ago, I was reading his book uh, on the beach. Okay. And I would I would just stop every so often and stop. And I just kind of stare at the water. And my wife was doing the same thing. She might've been listening to music or read a book, but we're sitting there enjoying ourselves. And she noticed me keep closing this book. And I think she probably thought I didn't enjoy the book, but I just had to digest brother Sergi's words. They, they just hit me, man. They hit me hard. Mm -hmm. And I told my wife, I said, you know, this guy, not only is this book fantastic and it is Jared Sergi, mm -hmm. uh, his book, it, it's um, he put himself out there. Right. And it got me thinking. I'm like, imagine how much 
Well, a couple of things. How, how many, you know, a lot of people read it and it maybe it made a big impact on them like it did me. But what about his own people? Like if I was to write a book, I feel like my guys would bust my balls all day long. Mm -hmm. And I know some guys I work with would probably be like, ah, you're wrong about this. You're wrong about this. So he put himself out there like in, in, in the world. Like mm -hmm. here are my thoughts on leadership. And mm -hmm. they were, I believe they're right. They're fantastic. And from that, I was like, I want to put myself out there. I want to be part of the national conversation. I wasn't sure how to do it. Pod, and I listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. I don't, at the time, I would have I would have hated to talk to a bunch of people. I Believe it or not, if you look at all the, the data, I am an introvert. I don't, I don't like change. I don't want the way I, how I handle social situations, being around a bunch of people. I don't. Uh, but it's see, I'm, I'm extroverted in my action. So anyway, it was like, I, I was like, I'm going to do this. And then the back of my brain, it said, okay, you're going to do a podcast. You're going to do a podcast. And, um, what I did is I, I knew I wouldn't. So I went ahead and spent a bunch of money on equipment. Okay. And I did. So that was my next thing. I'm like, I won't waste money. If, if I buy this stuff, I'm going to do it. A couple of weeks went by, got my stuff. And then I'm like, Okay, you got to ask somebody to be your guest. If you don't ask somebody to be your guest, you'll never get it done. So I'm right. Like, so the first person had to be Jared Sergi, and Jared is well known, uh, uh, you know, on the circuit. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Great, great guy. I've been very fortunate to meet him, and uh, it's got to be him. So then I told myself, well, you'll never get him. But if you don't get him, then you don't have to do the podcast. You know, I was kind of <laughs> like talking myself down. Right. And as soon as I get a hold of him, man, he's like, "Oh, I'd be honored, brother. That'd be so awesome." And I was like, uh "Oh, so now." I got to do it. So now right. I got to go through equipment. But um, the idea, the premise of it is three-point firefighter. I wrote, I, I was really struggling with leadership. I, I just was trying to find my end. I, I have a responsibility, even though I'm a training officer, I feel like I've got a responsibility to do a lot of, learn a lot about leadership, right? I got to be a good example. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got to be a good follower. I'm not saying I have been, but I need to be. Um, so I was reading everything I could on leadership and, you know, including Jared's book. Well, I couldn't find my way in that fit me because everything was based on everybody else's experience and leadership is an art. It's not a science. So I just struggled, man. I just struggled. And finally, one day it hit me that if I want to build my foundation for leadership is to, it's three things. I came up with three things. I don't, it just popped into my head. That if I want to be a good leader, I need to work on pride, training, and physical fitness every day. Every right. single day. I don't care if it's more of two than one or more than one than two. But every day, if I hit those three points, then I'm going to be a better firefighter. And mm -hmm. so I wrote an article and called Three Point Firefighter. And it explains that premise pretty much. That was my in. So that was my the, the foundation I built all my leadership uh, stuff on. And it's worked for me. It's, you know, I, I, it's exampleship. That's what I came up with. I want to be a good leader. I got to, I got to show good exampleships. I got to be a good example. Right. And how do you be a good example? Well, I, I like things simple. And if I show pride in myself, if I show pride in my department, if I show pride in my service, mm -hmm. that's boom, easy. I love it. Uh, training, right? You're, you're not just doing what the fire department tells you, not just doing, you know, a, you know, an hour in the mat book. Right, right. Train, train, train to save people. Um, and then physical fitness. We got to be fit. Uh, and I'm not talking, you know. Right. Slow. Yeah, And that's what, yeah, people think you need to be Mr. Olympia. No, no, that's not what we're talking about. No, 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 no. So I, I decided all that combined to make three-point firefighter uh, pride training physical fitness. And it has absolutely uh, been a great ride. And like I said, you know, I expected – 25 downloads uh, a month. And I got that like in two hours. Okay. And it, it, my, they built up, built up. And as cool as that is, that's not the best part. And, and I'm sure you know this when people contact you because of something your guest says uh -huh. or something that, that maybe even you said, uh, and they're like, wow, that really hit hard. It just fuel for the fire, man. You're like, right. oh, you're part right. of this conversation with great brothers and sisters. Right. It's awesome. I'll tell you, so today I was scrolling through my phone and I, I what was it? It was um it was an it was an article or something about um oh man, I don't want to butcher this, but uh 
Oh, it was the the picture of Chief David Rhodes going around that says like I I don't care what shirt you're wearing. I'm not sure yeah. if you've seen that. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. And one of the comments somebody put was like somebody put a comment that said, "Ooh, I, I don't know. In my department, some of them some of the guys would look better with their shirt untucked." I, I guess he was you know referring to maybe some guys are overweight, and mm-hmm. then somebody else commented. Well, maybe your department needs to have better physical fitness standards. And I was yep. like, bam, like yep. mic drop. Like, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be mean, but he hit the nail on the head with that statement. Like, yeah. and it seems like fire departments are, especially nowadays, very timid. They don't want to hurt people's feelings, but this is the job. We're, you know what I mean? This is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And physical fitness is a big part of it. Yep. It's and you know what? We we are battling. Every every single day, we're battling for our lives. We're battling against heart disease. We're battling against cancer. We haven't even begun to discuss, uh, you know, a burning building and a potential collapse and da 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 da. We're not even there yet. Right. And the one thing that bridges that and makes everything better is physical fitness. And it's it's proven. It's there. Um, and it's okay to not want to do it. It's okay to be lazy about it. Uh, up to a point. And right. the thing about it is. It's not that you owe the department because it's a policy. You owe the community. Mm-hmm. And and if if you're out of shape, I'm not saying fat. You could right. be fat and out of shape. You could be thin and out of shape. If you're right. out of shape, t- you there's zero excuse, zero to be a firefighter. Zero, zero, zero. What about this? Nope, zero. You got to be in good shape because I tell you what, they're waiting on us. They are in there waiting on us. Mm-hmm. They're in there. And, you know, at their level, they're looking at, you know, 150, 200 degrees and in, in climbing, they're mm-hmm. looking for the best air they can suck out of the floorboards or finding, trying to find something to block the radiant heat. And they're praying and they're begging for us. We don't hear it because we're on the way there, hopefully. And sometimes we find people that are, oh, they, they died in a fire. That's horrible. What if we got there sooner? What if we mm-hmm. learned to mask up sooner? What if we get on the rig sooner? What if we train and know to read a building quicker? What if we know how to move a line faster? That's what they deserve. That's what they deserve. And if you're not physically fit, you can't do that. So if you're one of those guys that is out of shape, again, you can be fat, you can be little. If you're out of shape and you tell me, well, I'm good enough, your standards for you might be minimum, but they're not good enough for them. Their standards are higher. Right. So screw you, eat a bag of dicks, go work at Wendy's. That's all <laughs> I can tell you. I get mad thinking about it. No, you're good, man. You're I preaching. I love it. it. I that, love it. Man, we, we, owe it, we owe them. We don't owe us anything. Don't worry about the policy. We just, we literally implemented a physical fitness policy. Well, I, I, we're on it. We just got uh, me and three other people certified through Fit to Thrive, through the international. Okay. And we're developing something. And it's something that I've been pushing for and pushing for and pushing for. And we finally were right there. And I've had people come up to me and go, well, what exactly are you wanting us to do? Like, I'm like, calm down. It's movement. It's flexibility. It's a little bit of cardio. You're not Mm -hmm. running 10 miles. You're not bench pressing 800 pounds. Right. We're learning to move. We're learning how to move. We're learning to move against resistance. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing new and different. And, well, you know, my legs are bad. My knees are bad. Okay. Right. We'll work with that. We can work with that, mm-hmm. but get, get, get out of my service. And everyone, well, you, you can't say that to a brother firefighter. Hell yes, I can. You can't do the job. Get out. You ain't a right. brother firefighter. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Too, yeah. Too many people care about this job and care about the people. Right. Right. And, and then unfortunately we have some that are in it just for the, the title, the t-shirt wears the stickers on the vehicles or whatever else that they. Yeah. 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 I definitely I, I've, I've worked with people that, don't care about training. Let me know they don't care about training. And I see them off duty wearing your t-shirt. It makes me want to vomit. <laughs> I'm like, why are you wearing that t-shirt? You know why? Right. Yeah, I know why. Because you want everybody to know you're a fireman. You're right. a badass. Right. Because that's your ego. That's you. Hey, look at me. Real right. firefighters. It ain't about me. It's about them. It's about them. Yeah. Hell no, yeah. absolutely. You got me wound up, man. Look. No, that's me. good. I, 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 like, I like getting the, the, the guests the guest going, man. I like the guests preaching. Because a lot of people need to hear it. Like, you know, I mean, this is, like you said, the greatest job in the world, but yep. there are some things you have to do that are going to make you uncomfortable, but it's part of the job. Like, it is what it is. Get get comfortable being uncomfortable, brother. That's all I can tell you. Right. Our job's important. I tell right. you what, if your wife or your kids were hunkered down in a closet, no, they've already crawled throughout the house. 
to uh, find some piece of refuge because their house is rolling mm-hmm. and they're screaming and they're crying and they start to panic and they don't know how much longer they got. They're praying to God. And the whole time you're breathing heavy getting on the truck because you weigh 300 pounds and you, you're not wearing your gear right. And you haven't done the training to crawl through the house. How's that going to make you feel? Right. You want, they want professionals. They deserve professionals. It doesn't matter if you get a paycheck or not. That, that doesn't define a professional. Mm-hmm. professional is somebody that cares about the community cares about the job right no well said i'm That's giving it. myself a high five on that preaching you're preaching I'm, man, man. mic drop mic drop get mad um so you're with the issfsi correct yeah, that's why we call it the society. It's so much easier to say the ISFSI, <laughs> the International Society of Fire Service Instructors. Uh, find them on the, on the internet. It's a, a very, very unique group of people. It's an amazing group of people. Um, if you like being in the fire service, you'll like it. Okay, you really will like it. If you're an instructor, just an instructor because you wanted to get promoted, uh, but you kind of got to teach a little bit, you'll really like it. If you're an instructor that loves to teach, like I do, mm-hmm. you lose your damn mind over it, okay? Um, it's the, like you, you read about these UL NIST, FSRI studies uh, on basement fires and wind-driven fires and host streams and all this stuff. That is done hand in glove with the ISFSI, right? So I get to go around and teach the most current and up-to-date and scientifically proven uh you know, strategies, tactics, and it's, it's an amazing ride. And I, I want everybody to go there and join my, my goal is that they have to hire like a thousand more people in the office. Cause all the firefighters join at once. It's that good. Okay. So how did you get into the topic? Cause I'm, you teach specifically 1403. I teach uh 1403. I teach basement fire and I teach the new uh, NFPA 1700 for, okay. for them, those three classes for them. So do you get to, do, do they assign that to you or do you get to choose? So the 1403 class has been around a while. Some fantastic firefighters uh, made that class. I, I deliver other people's words. Uh, okay. There's nothing special about me. Uh, it's these guys that made this class and the, and the guys that I teach with. Uh, but that is a bid process. So what they do is like, I got one today. There was a bid that came in today for uh, Cottonwood, Arizona. And it says the dates are September or whatever. So uh, I'm a lead instructor, which means, so for 1403, there's two instructors. There's a lead and then there's a second. All the lead instructors can apply for a lead or the second job. A second can only apply for the second job. So it kind of helps me because that gives me more opportunities. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then these these seconds, after they get some more time on, will become leads, just like I did. Okay. Uh, And you put a bid in and it boils down to basically airfare because the pay's the same, the per diem's the same, the hotel's almost always the same. So it's, we got instructors all over the country. Mm-hmm. So if they have two that are available, they're closer to it. Well, they'll probably get the bid. Gotcha. But I've traveled all over the country. So there's people, you know, there's people way closer than me that are busy that day. or Uh huh. Uh huh. That's how that works. And then basement fire and 1700 are, are grant fed. And what they do for that is it's usually regional. Um, so like if there, there's one in Indiana coming up, uh, check it out on, at isfsi.com and then, um, it, I'm not doing it because I, I'm not available. Okay. So I didn't get that one, but I would more than likely be, become one of the instructors for that. And then, uh, same with the 1700 class, it's regional because they, they want to save money. Right. Um, so, uh, but every now and then you get super lucky. So last year I got to go to uh, the rock in New York city and teach basement fire, live fire, basement fire, uh, with the greatest instructor cadre. I mean, you, if you had all the pieces and parts to build an instructor cadre, it'd be these mm-hmm. guys every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got, I was lucky to go back. I just got, I went up there, uh, last month in the beginning to teach 1700 for an entire week. Cause we did their department so big. We do like one class and then we back it up with another class. So right, right. It, it's, uh, you talk about goals. I never set that goal. That's a goal okay. I, I would have never, I wouldn't even dreamed of being able to teach at FDNY at the Rock to FDNY, mm-hmm. and um, with the with the guys I get to teach with, and uh, you don't even dream that dream. You, I didn't even dream that dream, and it's got it's happened twice, and it's it don't get no better. You, I tell you right now, you could you could either kill me or make me marry my first wife again, and I'd be a happy man. I right. got to do that stuff. Right. I mean, so can you tell us about the? Because I've 
I, I'm, I am a New Yorker, but I've never, I can say I've never been to the rock. So, but I mean, you know, if, if anybody talks about fire department, you know, FDNY is going to get mentioned. So like, how was it like the experience? The experience was, uh, uh, it was abnormal for me. Um, when I got in the fire service, there was no internet. I'm dating myself again. Uh, everything was like American heat videos and, mm -hmm. and, and magazine articles and everything seemed to come out of the big cities, usually FDNY, uh, LA city, LA County, Chicago, Boston, and it was all great information, but big city tactics don't always work for smaller departments. Right. Uh, so, but when I got into the fire service, I absorbed everything I could FDNY. Uh, I was reading uh, The Fire Factory by Harry Ahern, report from Engine Company 82, 20,000 Alarms, uh, The Rescue Squad, on and on and on. I would just read everything. And mm -hmm. in my head, I was like, that's not the job I do. That's a whole different, those are superstars. So when I finally got to go up there, I the very first day last year we were there, a year and a half, two years ago, uh, we're, we're all, all of these instructors are in a van and we're kind of pulling around inside the rock, going to the main, uh, main building. And there's Mike Champo just walking around. <laughs> I'm like, Holy shit. There's chief Frank Lee meeting us at the door. Holy shit. Oh my God. And so I'm like, I fanboy so easy, dude. I fanboy. <laughs> You're not I the only one, man. I fanboy crazy. And like the way I do it is I don't talk. That's okay. pretty much how I do it. Okay. It took me four days to finally say hi to Mike Champo. Um, so it was, it was amazing, but here's the funny thing. And I tell this to the guys, I, I did it this year too, when I was up at FDNY, that I, I assumed, and this is probably terrible to say, and I, I, I lacked the vocabulary to really express this, but I assumed being the biggest fire department in the world, uh, you know, the greatest fire department probably in the world next to Waldney, um, it, they would be sort of carry themselves a certain way. Kind right. Of arrogant. I right. Figured, right. Figured I would, you know, like millionaires are usually jerks. And when I used to get my student loans for, you know, my Pell Grants, I was an asshole for a week. Right. So I thought maybe they will be. I swear to you, every single firefighter I met was the most down to earth, open, nice guy I've ever met. And then the second time I went, I'm like, all right, now this will really. And again, the nicest people. I, it, It's amazing. I, I, I don't. It's not at all what you think. The most humble uh I mean, we were teaching their sock people basement fire, special okay. operations command. Okay. And I am from Southern, you know, I'm from Kentucky, right, I live in Southern right. India, and I'm sitting there going to these squad and rescue I know, right? guys. Right. And, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, it's cool. Oh, it didn't, you know, they were never like that, ah, whatever. And they weren't like not listening. Fantastic. I, I, I like the words, brother. The, the, they're some of the best firefighters I've, I've, I've ever met. The most warm, welcoming firefighters ever met and then you go to any of their firehouse to buy shirts or just walk in mm -hmm. dude some of the same i don't know awesome. I, I, I like the words man it's just you get awesome. some experience it's a huge training ground um they've got an, an entire sim uh, they've got a subway station basically for training a subway Damn. station okay yeah, and um google earth it and see how big it is okay it's on randall island randall island yep yeah. yep and um just the nicest people. They got a lot of traditions. Um, they, they care about their brothers and sisters, man. And you, the second you walk, you go through these gates to get there. Cause you can't just walk on to the rock. You feel it. I mean, it's palpable. Awesome. Now you, now you got me missing going to the rock. <laughs> yeah, now I'm you got me wanting to go to the rock. Cause I mean, I haven't been, ah, man, I haven't been in New York in, I don't know, so many years. Cause I mean, New York's just, it, it's a shit show, but if I have to go back, that would be one of the reasons to go is to just, Go talk to the FDNY guys. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome, man. Cool, cool. Um, in your opinion, what key elements or factors are needed to make a good firefighter, regardless of rank? Well, I think the one you got to care. Now, that's where you can subdivide that word into a couple things, and that's where you can deviate. It's you got to care about the community first, and I think that's where a lot of people get hung up. It's always about I hear. You know, I, I'm pro brotherhood, pro union. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I, I love it. I love it. But I think if you remember every day you come to work, you're there for the people in there. You're not for the people. You're not there for anybody in the firehouse. You're there for everybody outside the firehouse. And if you go through those doors and you expect to, you're worried about naps and recliners and what time the bold and the beautiful comes on, what's for dinner, <laughs> what's for lunch. If those are your first thoughts, realign them. You know, I know what I'm talking about because I was that guy. 
I was the lazy guy. I was the disrespectful guy. I was the guy that was there for me. I was the guy that was not doing, carrying his weight, putting, uh, I was a guy out of shape. I was all these things, brother. I was all of them. And it boiled down to me being scared of the truth. I'd spent at that time when I really got my act together, I'd probably been in the fire service 20 years. Okay. I felt like, I felt like, yeah, I'd done my job. I'm good. I could coach 20 years. What, what are you going to teach me? Turns right. out everything, right? Everything. So you got to care, man. You got to care. And that care has got to be, got to be about the, the people that you're protecting first, first and foremost. Now I, if for people are listening, that's going, no, no, it's about your crew and taking care of you. Listen, calm down, calm down. And, and you know who I'm talking to? You, Robert. I know who you're talking to. You, yeah, Atlanta Robert. I see you're, he's bitching right now. Mm -hmm. Here's what I mean by that. If you care about the community first, that's your mindset, then you're going to train a lot and you're going to get and stay in shape a lot. It fixes itself. You don't have to worry about the guys inside the firehouse if you truly care about the people outside the firehouse because you're going to do everything in your power to get better. The, the brotherhood fixes itself. If I, right. it, but if you're in there saying, if you're day to day is like, oh, I got to work on me and work on that. No, 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 brother. Fo your focus needs to be everybody. I always think like in the mornings when I see all these cars uh, in the morning going to work, I'm like, if they have a wreck, they're probably not worried. They're like, ah, firemen are going to get me. When they go to bed at night, God forbid something should happen. Ah, the firemen will get me. We have a responsibility on us greater than we can even imagine. And we have right. to, we have to try to put that into our brain so we can, so we can do the job humbly and, and, and realize how great it is. Right. I kind of well, like the fire service. I don't know if you picked up on that. No, I think, I mean, if, if, if you're in it for the right reasons. Yeah. I mean, and that, and that's the thing too, like not everybody is going to have the same level of, I guess you could say passion. I mean, cause mm -hmm. some people like the job, but the job, they, they're not all about the job, but like, mm -hmm. I would kind of consider myself like I'm a fire nerd. When I'm off, I look at like trucks being ordered, truck specs, and what this department's doing, what that department's doing. And I do have to turn it off to be here for my wife and my daughter and stuff. But I mean, and I and I've had to learn like it's okay if this person's not like that. It doesn't mean they're a bad firefighter. It just means they have different, uh, you know, they got it's a it's a different personality, or you know what I mean? Right. But the. Yes, absolutely. So I think I'm probably on the higher end of the spectrum right now about you talk about fire nerd, right? I mean, right. I, I, I absolutely fanboy when I see these people and I love that about me. And I'm I'm almost 30 years in the in the service and I'm looking at retirement and I love that about me. It's okay if you're on the spectrum and you're not nuts about the job like me. Cause again, I I've been there. The thing is you can't get complacent. Right. Don't get complacent is you just give that department a little extra, give your community a little extra. I had a great guy. Uh, he's retired from Lexington, Joe Best. And he gave me the best advice of my career. And I, 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 I try to live by it today. He said, it was kind of off the cuff too. He goes, always give an hour extra to the fire department, no matter what's going on, no matter how much training you did already that was you know, scheduled, no matter how many fires you made, no, no matter what your situation is at home, find an hour a day to give back to that fire department and you'll stand head and shoulders above everybody else. And I liked it. I mm -hmm. liked it. I was like, you know what? You're right. And he said, it could be, man, you could be reading a magazine. You could be in full gear, throwing ladders nine o'clock at night, whatever, just give an hour more. And I, I really do try to do that. Uh, try to give more to the department than what it asks. And okay. I'm, I think I'm succeeding. So, no, I mean, you're doing to me, you're doing you're doing everything right, because like I said, it was it was two podcasts that I listened to that got me like, OK, I'm not the only one that feels that way. It <laughs> was uh, the first one was fit the fight when the trio was all involved. Uh -huh. And the second one I found was yours. And I liked your message. I like the way you like curse because I curse too. try not to do it in front of my daughter and my wife, but it doesn't yeah. always happen. I've already gotten caught my pants down with my four-year-old. <laughs> my my four-year-old came up to me. My four-year-old came up to me last week with my wife there, and she goes, "Daddy," I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "What does fuck this mean?" And I'm like, hey. <laughs> "I was like, what'd you say?" And she like she pronunciated credit. She said F U C K, and I was like, "Damn, damn it!" And I could just feel my wife's eyes just beaming on me, and I'm like, "Yeah." yeah. So I said, I, 
she she was I was like, where'd you hear that? She's like, well, you said it the other day, and I was like, okay, I was like, well, I was like, that's my fault. I, I shouldn't have said that. Daddy said a bad word. Like, don't say it. So I, I you know, I'm sorry. I won't say it. But I can still feel her eyes just oh, beating yeah. at me, and I'm like, well, I mean, I told you it was gonna happen. So it's funny. I got some feedback from a really from a bunch of good friends of mine. I was I was asking for it. I want to improve. Uh, the podcast every day. And uh, they said, well, I got, I got this a couple of times. Well, I feel like, you know, you, you cuss too much and, and they're right. They're right. And I really, if you've listened, you can tell where I kind of shifted uh, to do less cussing. Uh-huh. But when I get on a soapbox, when I get passionate, right. I, you know, I, you I let them fly. I let them fly. But right. another thing is, is uh, you listen to ju- my, my interview with Justin phrase, dude, I, I interview so many people that get me so amped up, man. And just, fall in love with the fire department. I'll, I think I'm in love with the fire service. And then I talked to somebody like Justin Fraze and, and or LJ Geist. Mm-hmm. And Oh yeah. He, the he, folks are flying around. And yeah. then I, it's like, it's like the first day, the first hour you walk into a, a firehouse in your career and there's trucks and gear again. And it's that man. And you got to fall in love with the job again, man. You just got to, but yeah, I can't, I try not to, but sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. You, yeah. you, you think about a tiller truck, you go, that's <laughs> awesome, dude. Right? Oh, uh, man. I'll tell you, you mentioned his name. I listened to that episode when he was on your show. Man, that yeah. it was like going to church, oh, listening yes. to him preach. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. I, that's one guy I would actually probably love to just sit down and talk with because he, man, he's got it going on right there. He does. And I tell you, another one is, uh, Corley Moore does yes. uh, the weekly the scrap. Weekly scrap. Mm-hmm. He is he's the OG fire podcaster man. He's that he's another level. Than, oh yeah, than us. yeah. And yeah. I I I've talked to him. I stay in touch with him. Um, but when I went to his class in Cincinnati, uh, the nine L's. Yeah, son. It it and I it, ironically it was in a church. It was actually in like a, a a small room of a church. Not small room, but a smaller room. And dude. It was like my eyes were open, my ears. I mean, total. I've got ADHD, man, and I was totally focused on every word he said. And it was so much passion, so much. You talk about the one word, care. You know, uh-huh, dude, uh-huh. this guy cares on a level that I mean, I I, I can't see it. Right, I want to see it. Right, but man, he inspires me. He inspires right. me. Right. So, and what's cool is you mentioned Corley, and yes, I do listen to Week of Scrap because he's got awesome guests. So, uh, you know, I started going to a conference last year, the, 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 the micro, the mini conferences, the conferences where you can get more one-on-one time with your instructors. And I met so many cool people. I met Dave Mellon, um, Cody Trestrail. Another great one. Yeah. Dave Mellon's awesome. Yes. Cody Trestrail. And oh. I, I tell the story too. Uh, when I heard somebody yell his name, they're like, Hey, Cody. And I'm like, Oh, it's just another Cody. And then I heard the Trestrail. I started <laughs> looking and I saw who he was, where he was at, and during break, I went up to him and I was like, "Exact words, you're Cody fucking Trestrail." He goes, <laughs> "I'm Cody fucking Trestrail," and I shook his hand and I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm fanboying you. I don't mean to like freak you out. Can I take a picture?" He's like, "Coolest dude, nice." He's yeah. like, "Yeah, man, took a picture." So this year, um, Carolina Fire Days is sponsored. You know, they 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 do uh, one every year somewhere in Charlotte or in the Charlotte area. Mm-hmm. So coming up, Aaron Fields. Oh and, yeah, and, and I'm attending. Aaron Fields is going to be there. Robert Ramirez, um, Citizens First. Uh, yeah, Chris Kessinger. Chris Kessinger from Ohio. Um, yes. Yep. And um, Chris Smith and Jeff Davis for Elevator Rescue. Like, and Corley Moore is going to be there. Oh yeah, I don't know um, how Corley does it, man. He's everywhere at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So that's am, awesome. That's a great lineup. Um, uh yeah, the, the micro conferences are fantastic, dude. You yes. get to meet these people. I took Aaron Fields two day nozzle forward. It was uh, amazing. And what I learned more than the the moving the hose and the importance of you know engine company work, uh, what I stole from him is how he instructs. And he's on my he was on my podcast early. And one of the things, and I, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he's not an instructor to student kind of guy. He's a peer to peer guy. He teaches from a peer to peer aspect. And what I took, when he, he said that and I hadn't had the class yet. So then I took the class and I see it. And I was like, that is a great instruction tool for adult learning is mm-hmm. it's not 
I'm up here as an instructor. You're the students, you know, you're the baby birds and I'm giving you all this stuff. It was, it's like, you're, you're just hanging out in the bay, drinking coffee. Hey brother, show me this again. Oh yeah, I'll show you. And it was, man, it's just, I'll never go to it again. You get to, you, and I'll tell you why I'm old, but I, I went, so whenever you pay for one, you can go to any of them for free. Oh, right? okay. Anytime. Yeah. Okay. And so, but I tell you this, it's two days of, of hardcore, always moving. It was the best training I've ever had on any engine class. It, it, well, gosh, darn it. There's Kyle Romulus. It They're up there. Okay. They're next right. level. Right. Um, but I tell you, for three days afterwards, there's not I, there's joints and bones I never I can knew imagine. I had. I, I can was imagine. Like, oh, oh, right. I, my wife's like, I get up every time I got up. I was like, oh, and roll over. It beat me up, brother. It beat me up, but it was well, well worth. It was worth okay. all the pain. Okay. Pay. Awesome. Awesome. Good to know. Because I that's the class I'm I'm signing up for. Uh, Aaron Fields' class for sure. Yeah. So looking for, looking forward to that. Um. Last question. In your opinion, what do you think the American Fire Service can improve on? Good question. And I'll tell you what, it's it's I'm about to get mad again. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. We've got the greatest job in the world. People don't realize it. Um, it's like get, being a firefighter, it, it, um, the mutts in the fire service, it's like they're holding a winning lottery ticket. And you're like, dude, that's a winning lottery ticket. Go cash it in. And they're like, yeah, I will in a minute, whatever. You know, you're like, oh my God, it's the best job in the world. So one thing that's really bugging me right now is and I'm, I think I'm going to do a solo podcast on this. What kills me is how we treat our new people. It's yeah. antiquated. It's it's mean. It's hateful. And more importantly, it doesn't doesn't help the community at all. Mm -hmm. They come in and it's like you're less than they are. I right. was treated that way. Hell, I treated people that way. I'm right. sure of it. Right. And it's horrible. And this whole, well, it's this generation, blah, blah, blah. blah. No, brother, I tell you what, the generation before you complained about you and on and on and on. Sorry, the world evolves, people evolve, the fire service evolves. You either evolve with it or you're that guy that pretends to be salty and you're really just the asshole of the fire department. Mm -hmm. I hate it. And I know of a group of new people that were hired at another department and they were treated as new people, right? They're what... What they knew didn't matter. Now, these people had 10, 6, 12 years on another department, a, a good department. They mm -hmm. have a good department. They got the experience. Mm -hmm. But this department decides, well, you're a new person. We don't listen to you. I'm like, no, brother, that's not, that's your ego talking because, right. because you need to have that. I'm better than you. You're lower than me. That mentality sucks. Mm -hmm. And I promise you, when it was switched in, in, in that old, salty, badass captain, that treats you like garbage when he was treated like garbage. I guarantee you he hated it. Right. I'm not saying there's not, there's not a hierarchy. There is, mm -hmm. but if you keep your new guys quiet, that that's what you're teaching them for a year is to be quiet. You're teaching them not to ask questions. If they're not asking questions, they're not learning the job. If they're not learning the job, they're not supporting the mission. They're not supporting the mission. They're not helping the community. Brother, I'm mad again. I'm gonna go outside and kick a tree. <laughs> you got me that mad. Yeah. That, that, that's one thing I would change. Okay. No, no. I'm like I said, you're you're preaching again. So that's I hope I hope people are people are hope they're the message is going in the ear. It's going through the brain, and they're like, okay, I do that because you're right. That's how it was. It was shut your mouth. You're the new person. Yep. On certain instances, they do need to be quiet, but you you want them to ask questions because if you have a new person that's not asking you any questions, it's like, are they really getting this? Like you you know you you don't know. No, and and it's a. I'm not saying it's an it's a fine line like where they the brand new people are obviously like oh you're you're part of the group and all. No, I get that. Right. But if you're teaching your people that they need to be quiet, shut up and listen. Mm -hmm. If they're shutting up and they're not listening, or shut up and they're not talking and they're listening, how do you know what they know? Right. Tell me that. How do you know what they know? So right. I I think we need to evolve to where you know. Uh, they you, we're not teaching them to shut up. You know, what do you know? What can I teach you? One of the things that drives me nuts, and I hear it in my department, I've heard it everywhere else. That guy doesn't even know complaining to me, the training officer, that guy doesn't even know how to run a chainsaw. He's never run a chainsaw in his life. Okay. So, so teach him. Yep. Teach him that. Yep. I, I guarantee you, before you came on the job, you never pushed an inch and three quarter down right. the smoky hallway. Right. Somebody told taught you. Right. But when people say shit like that. That's them saying, look at me. They, they, 
when people say stuff negative about somebody, they're really saying the opposite. They, they want the opposite said about them. If I'm keeping you down and you're nothing and I'm talking shit about you, I'm really wanting you to think that I'm the best there is. Right. That's that ego, man. That ego, that, that ego can go up. You know, I've always said, I wish there was an imaginary button on, on the outside of the firehouse. And when you come to work, you put your thumb on it and it takes your ego out for 24 hours or 48, whatever you work. And mm -hmm. then when you leave, it pops back in because you do right. need your ego. Not in the fire, not in the fire ground. Not in the fire service. I don't think awesome. you need that much. Awesome. Um, so with that being said, I, I think this has been an awesome episode with you. I'm definitely going to have you on again as long as you uh, want to come back. I'm going to take some Prozac before I come on here. I, <laughs> I love talking about the fire service. Uh, and I feel like everybody should love it like me, and I know that's not logical. Right, right. It's not, but every, yeah, no. But it's always good to meet guys that have that same passion as you because it's like, okay, I'm not the only one, and it, and it keeps me going. So oh, good. I, I do. I, I do like that. I can't wait to listen to some more of your podcast. I, I've been looking forward to this. If you're one of those guys, when I met you and I even told you, I don't know if it was when we were recording or uh, after when we talked, there's this vibe about you, right? This vibe that you're going to be that guy. And I, and I, I may even, I may even say it on, I think, I, I think you did. I think I said, you like, did say that. I'm going to be able to say, I knew that guy went, I knew Danny <laughs> went. And uh, then you text me about the podcast and it wasn't like, it wasn't like, huh? I was like, oh, yep. Well, there you go. <laughs> right, same right. with, uh, I, I keep name dropping uh, Josh Chase, Joshua Chase, uh, uh -huh. leadership. And he writes a bunch of books. I, I had him on my podcast and same vibe, dude. He was like, I was like, this guy's going to own the fire service. And in, in the short year and a half that we talked for two years ago, He's written more books. He's right. now a national speaker. Right. Uh, his podcasts are amazing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, I just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Great. No, great awesome. Fun. Awesome. But hey, it, this is your time. I want I want you to get out whatever information, your shame, shameless plugs, whatever you want to do, man. Just Oh, good. So I am extremely proud of Three Point Firefighter is a great community of like-minded people that share the passion for the job no mutts allowed okay so i have a private facebook group called three point firefighter we talk about a lot of good stuff sometimes we just post pictures of bendy trucks whatever <laughs> but you know what it's a community and if you're having trouble at work and you, you need a little pick me up three point firefighter on facebook i'm also on tiktok twitter uh and then my podcast by the same name three point firefighter comes out every monday uh, it's, it's awesome, dude. And I've got some things in the works. Uh, just Google Jake Barnes, three point firefighter. You'll find all my stuff. And uh, Danny, thank you so much for this, this, uh, hey, opportunity. Before you go, how about, nope, you, I already last by click. It sounds oh, like sorry. you're on a bunch of, uh, social media stuff, man. How about getting on Instagram? It's easy. I, so I don't know anything about Instagram. I hey, think oh, I have an Instagram account. I don't okay. I, do, is it all videos or is it just no videos? no no? So you can do pictures, you can do videos. The videos are limited, I think. Up if you if you upload a video, it's usually like a minute and a half. But then if you want to like post a big video, I think you have to go under live if you're doing it live. But it's just you can put pictures, you can put a little description and you get likes, and then you can comment on it. But like Instagram is because you're making me now, I'm like, should I should I get a Facebook? Because you're on Gotta Facebook. have Facebook. Gotta have it. I guess I might have to make a Facebook. Damn Look, it. some of the best groups around here. You talk about Chris Kessinger. And then yeah. uh, we talked about Texas. Uh, Devin Craig, Train or Die. Yeah. That's yeah. a private group. That, or that's okay. a group for firefighters. Okay. Uh, I tell you what, we'll, we'll do this. So we're going to follow up with each other. Next time you're on my show or you're, or I'm on yours. Okay. Well, I'm going to see how you're. Facebook presence goes and I will work on my Instagram. How's well, that? I think, I think like I'm probably going to open up account tomorrow. How about that? There you go. Cause, hey. cause I mean, there's so many, I, I used to have Facebook, but it got so crazy and political and like, I was like, uh, such and such is standing at a line at Walmart. I don't care. Like, why are you putting that on there? Brother, I get it. But the, the groups of these private groups are worth it. And um, get on there, join my group. Okay. What we're gonna do is we're gonna when you when you post a new podcast, post it in the group. That's what my group's for. It's like these are the podcasts we're doing. These are the articles we're writing. These are a picture of awesome bendy trucks. Uh, this is a picture of a truckie learning. You know, all twenty six letters of the alphabet. We do every. I'm just kidding. Truckies can't learn that many letters at once. <laughs> it's silly. Attention, guys. Um, but no, 
uh, it's awesome. And I, I want to support all the brothers and sisters that are doing what you're doing. Okay. And give them, give them a voice, give them, give them a platform. And that's what it's for. So I'll work on Instagram. You're going to work on Facebook. I'm going to do Facebook and it's on here. It's recorded. So yes, I will. I will open up a Facebook account. All right. That's my, that's my friend. Right. There. All right. Well, uh, Jake, man, I like really said, I appreciate it. It's been a great night. I'm about to go to bed happy that we've had good conversation. Um, I appreciate you coming on and I'm definitely going to have you back. Thank you for having me back. I've enjoyed every last minute out of it. I'm sorry if I got a little heated. No, you're good. Uh, but uh, yeah. All right. I'm really not sorry. I love this shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you All for right. your time, man. All right, pal. It. All right. See ya. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.